Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome, gentle listener, to episode 10.5 of Smart Enough to Know Better. Now, you may be wondering what these 0.5 episodes are all about. Well, for some reason, Dan and I really like to talk. We really like arguing with each other. We really like conversing with each other and discussing new ideas. And therefore, we have a lot of good stuff which we don't want to put into the main podcast. But it's good enough to put into our point fives. Also, we have all these wonderful interviews we just want to share with you, holus bolus, and so we have less time for us. Ah. Now, this one's an interesting 10.5, because near the end, we've got some behind-the-scenes information, which shows how some things never actually work out. Legal reasons, we can't actually play them in the main podcast. But starting this 10.5 podcast, we have part of the interview from 10 with Philippa Scoffey, where I discuss with Philippa Scoffey about quantum physics. Enjoy! You and I had a quiet conversation uh, earlier on, before the podcast, about quantum mechanics. And that's what I wanted to touch on here. Now, would you ever, in your show, mm-hmm. or in your practicing, your conmanship, uh, conmanship, I like that, <laughs> would you uh, ever consider using that? Well, like, Darren, you said Darren Brown uses NLP, or has pr- progressed in NLP? He never overtly speaks no, of no. using NLP. No, you're right. But he, 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 he certainly drops enough breadcrumbs to lead enough people to that particular door. It's when I first, when I, before I knew you, I mean, Darren Brown was the first person I saw on television mm. in Australia, and that's exactly where I went to. Mm. It's exactly where I went to. Yeah. And that's how I found out about that. That's, yeah. For a long time, I walked around going, ah, oh, that's what he's doing yeah. and it's stupidly well, one day not stupidly at all I well, mean it's, it's designed it's, to d- make you feel enough. these things you know it just it took a long time to realise what was the, yeah there was different tricks or involved yeah. not saying I worked them out but yes yeah. anyway I worked out what it wasn't um, <laughs> which is not what it, what it was damn uh, would I ever use quantum mechanics yes so, quantum mechanics um, Yes, if I found a way of unpacking it in an accessible way. Mm. Um, The greatest minds that have ever existed have struggled with it. Mm. So it's a difficult one. I've become slightly more aware of quantum mechanics, having been a dreadful scientist at school. No, I probably wasn't, but I was dreadfully taught science. I was always taught arts very well, but I wasn't taught science as well. But um, in more recent years, I've made it my business to learn a little bit and try and get my head around some of these frighteningly complicated theories, Mm. simply because... The psychic world has now started to sort of hijack it oh, yes. to justify <laughs> to justify um, you know what they do and how they do it. Um, the idea of two sympathetic particles, as we as we were saying, being mm. put on either side of the universe, and you do one thing to one of them, the other one reacts. Right. And so, Entanglement, in, absolutely. So, um, what, what what obviously they fail to to acknowledge in all of that is this is happening on a on a micro yes. level. That's right. And these these things do not expand up into the macro world quite as conveniently as they as, God as they'd like. <laughs> the one I heard more recently is the, obviously the, the not obviously is the slit experiment, the mm. photon of light. Young's double split, yeah. Yeah, because, well, and you've got to admire their chutzpah. Um, <laughs> but, but in the same way that that seemingly is affected by being observed, yes. whether it becomes a wave or whether it becomes a, um, um, a particle, a particle mm-hmm. um, this is why I can't do what I claim I can do under any kind of test conditions, because the act of you observing me affects 
the behaviour. Uh, yes, yes. Um, which is very neat, yes. but, but fundamentally flawed. It's like one of these things where you see two or two equals five, and there's sort of five or six steps of high maths, yeah. and only the truly competent mathematician can go, yes, but step four actually is wrong. But it's hard. I, I always have a big problem with that anyway. The, the, the words, I think, the scientific use of the word observe has caused more damage... And that's scientists using the word observe, mm. as in uh, observing the wave function, therefore collapsing it mm. to, to a particle or to, uh, to, to, to the reality that we mm. see. Um, that word observe has caused more damage for the scientific community yes. who understand it, because everyone else sees the word observe. And of course, if it's something is observed... looking at it. Yes, well, that's right. Well, if, you, if, if something is observed, what does that mean? There must yeah. be an observer. But there's, yes, but there's an, I, somebody put it to me in a nice way. If you say, I've... There's a dark. There's going through that door. It's a dark room, mm. and the floor is covered in sand. And I've drawn a picture in that sand, um, and I want you to go and tell me what it is. But you can't turn the lights on. You have to just find out what it is by putting your hand in the sand and trying to find mm. tracing out the image. By the act of observing it there, you will affect the image that I've done. Yes, cool, yes. And that's, that, that's actually very true, yes. And that's the level on which observing affects behaviour. Mm. Um, but observing is also, I mean, the word observing doesn't require a sentient mind. No. That's, it's, it's, uh, technically, that's why observing yes. is a weird word. Yes, it's it just is. interacting with yes. the universe. Yes. Is, measuring would be a much better yes, word, perhaps. That's, yes, that's right. Even that requires, measure, to, to be measured, it still requires, sounds like a sentient, sort of something had to be there to go, ah, it's one centimetre. You know, yeah, that's yeah. not what it means. It's, it's uh, that going to a very deep Yes. Kind of conversation which we probably shouldn't go into yeah. at this point it's, it's um somebody else has to show me something I can't I, I doubt I'm going to convey this here but if you say you take a a, a, a map of the the south coast of the, the southern coast of Australia mm. the more you zoom into it ah yes the the, the, the it changes that's you, fractal the whole yes. fractal geometry yeah yes. um so all of these things which are, are we, we there is, there is plenty that is unanswered. Of mm. course there is. But that doesn't, that, that's not an excuse to just shove a whole load of bollocks in the space that currently exists. Right. And I think scientists aren't... They're so damned sort of noble and, and, and sort of... You hear that, scientists? You're noble. You are noble, but blissfully ignorant of the way that what you do can be hijacked mm. by, by the... There's, there's, we need more sort of science liaison people who, who sort of bridge that gulf between the, 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 the fusty academic in their, in their dark basement who are doing these fabulous things. Yes. And then the, t- the newspapers, you know, cure for cancer found by study on yes. parrots in South America. And, yes. of course, it's never had it quite well, that well, simple. It's scientists baffled. Yes. Baffled. Why are, we, why are well, we, I'm not a scientist, yeah. why are scientists always baffled? Yeah. I doubt they are. Then, I doubt there's not much baffling going absolutely. on. Absolutely. Um, but it's this need for sort of little bite-sized, exciting mm. chunks. And, of course, science, complicated science, isn't, isn't sort right. of really so suited to bite-sized chunks. So now I, I'm going to try and connect this in here, try and do some weird connection mm. thing. In science, I mean, the science is, is, in some ways, is so rarefied now that the average person cannot understand yeah. it. You can, you can get the basics of it, but you can't. Now, I'm going to then jump to your profession, which is professionally tricking people, uh, making them believe certain things. I can and have read books on magic, mm-hmm. but I can't work out what you've done. It's a rarefied level of trickery. Right. You're, you're a professional in what you do. It's your mm-hmm. job. Uh, and you're very good at what you do. So uh, 
do you, there's a question here that I'm, I'm not just sucking up here. Uh, the, with the being rarefied. Please do. <laughs> yeah, being, Suck away. Being, <laughs> I never. Such, such audacity. Walk of shame! Never! There's only a couple of little ones, and they're not particularly shameful. Were they you? Uh, a little while ago, you, we were discussing the phrase, watch the birdie. Oh, yes. And we were trying to figure out, where did this come from? Yes. And I made the rather ridiculous notion that each photographer would bring in a parrot to sit on their shoulder <laughs> to keep the kids in, in, mm. engaged. Oh, yes, I remember. And we were using a fa- parrot instead of a flash. Mm. Basically, mm. I think the parrot would sit on top of the camera, and when the camera would go off, the, the yeah. parrot would ah! go, Flash! It's, it's a bright, very bright bird. Now, back in the old days, at the mm. beginning of photography, mm-hmm. you had to sit very, very still. Now, if there's one thing that children are not adept at, it's mm-hmm. sitting very, very still. Mm. So, the it's photographer... The, really? <laughs> right. NyQuil. Mm. Still looking for work as a teacher? <laughs> Um, yes, it's not a childminder. All oh, right, mm-hmm. I thought it was, it's the same thing, isn't it? Oh, you dare! <laughs> All right, back in those days, photographers would actually have a small brass birdie, like a toy bird, right. and they'd get the children to watch the birdie because they have to watch it for a minute and without moving, so that the uh, their oh. image would appear on the print properly. There we go. So it wasn't a parrot, but you're pretty close then. That's not that's not that's not a full walk of shame. You just have to kind of stare longingly down the path of shame. You don't have to walk it for that. No. You, it wasn't a parrot, it was a brass bird. Yeah. Eh, I'll accept that. Well, I think that's well, quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Also, on our forums, talking mm-hmm. about various superheroes and being able to stop at the flood. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. Well, thank you, everyone, for getting in. That's been kind of Yeah, exciting, there's been a couple it? of people jumped into there and had some very clever ideas. Mm. One that I'd like to bring up now mm. by Carrington, who said that one superhero who might be able to help out is Ant-Man, who could actually <laughs> drink some of the water, shrink down, and then urinate it out. Nice, nice. It's, it's a nice idea, but wouldn't, when it came out of his body, then expand back to full size man i wouldn't want to be surfing that like he'd, he'd be knee deep in his own <laughs> well I, I, like any sort of reasonable human being he'd probably point it somewhere else like he'd be off a cliff or you know what i mean yeah but then it would ex- how, how long would it take before it expanded as point. soon as it left his urethra good lord Jeez, that'd be terrifying he, he can fly under the pressure <laughs> ant-man he's flying away just like ants <laughs> So, do no harm, huh? That's very accusatory. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not accusing you. I'm accusing these people who who say, "Oh, what's the what's the harm in uh, ah. in, 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 in allowing people their fantasies mm. when it comes to various medicines and healing options sure. and and ways of being?" Well, I discovered an interesting type of medicine recently called orthomolecular medicine. God, it sounds so scientific. It must be real. It does. It's got ortho orthomolecular medicine. Eula. <gasps> Tell me about this cult you've discovered. I wish I subscribed to your newsletter. Okay. Orthomolecular medicine is when a doctor, (laughs) a (laughs) practitioner of some sort... Mm, mm, A person who found a book in a hedge... Yeah. ...feels that the problems in your body can be dealt with through pure vitamin therapy. Oh, oh, oh no. Really? Oh, so... so but it's ramming you full of vitamin A or something like that. Or... Yes, <gasps> ramming you full of oh, vitamin A. I can already see a problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> One of those problems is uh, uh, people say, well, what's the danger of you know people having lots of vitamins mm, and having mm. multivitamins and stuff? They give you a dose that is known as a megavitamin dose. Oh, it gives you more vitamins than your body could ever contain ever. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, like the history of your life. And you go, oh, okay. So, I mean, your body would flush that out. No, mm. no. You, mm. your, your kidneys and liver yes. have to deal with that stuff. And they back it up. It's kind of, oh, no, they've got trucks of this stuff in. Quick, line the trucks up over there. We'll get through when you can. Have you seen a border crossing like, like between two countries and all the cars have to back up? Because it takes you know the men with the mirrors to check under your car for, oh, uh, yes. for contraband and bombs and explosives and things. By the way, I've never actually seen that in real life. I'm just picturing sort of the border between America and Mexico. Yeah. I've never in Australia we we even know. We don't have borders. Yeah. Yay! Our, our borders involve blurring octopuses and sharks. Girt by sea. And octopuses. Girt! We are utterly girt. Keep that in mind. Yes. There's all these sort of trucks turning puck, and it takes ages. The same thing that's like your body. Like all these vitamins turn to get to the water control, and it takes them a long time to deal with it. Yes. That was, that and was so a- you end up with uh, constipation or diarrhea and all sorts of ailments from stocking your body full of these mega vitamin doses. Mm. Uh, mm. Even if that wasn't a problem, you've got the problem that people are relying on this sort of therapy mm. instead of having proper therapy that's uh, actually going to help them. Uh, that's a big one. Oh, just like to point out, people. I say what's the harm because the whole what's the harm in having vitamin C but everything kills you at a high enough dosage everything yeah. becomes toxic even oxygen becomes toxic at a high enough dosage water water becomes toxic at a high enough dosage everything becomes toxic at a high enough dosage so if you whack enough vitamin A into your system I think you get things like renal failure and your kidney, yeah. your kidney ejects and all sorts of madness Yes, there can be definite harm, not just psychological harm, but physical, something will fall off you or mm. blow up inside you. You're not designed. <laughs> uh, you're not, <laughs> your, your system cannot handle these, these massive quantities of, of anything. Anything. Okay, so this is for the medicine part of the Ooh. equation. There is also a thing called orthomolecular psychiatry. <laughs> Oh, no. Now here, Lay some wisdom upon me. Here is the harm. Now, orthomolecular medicine has been referred to as food fatism or quackery. Mm. Now, when, it, when the word quackery is bandied mm. around... And it's dealing with ducks. Oh, Jiminy. At any rate, <laughs> so there's a guy who's got on onto the whole orthomolecular thing and gone, it's going to work for psychiatric problems as well. Mm. So I now have a friend out there who has been on antidepressants yes. for a big part of her life. She has been told by an orthomolecular psychiatrist... Uh, actually, that, how can they call themselves psychiatrist? That requires you to take, become a doctor. Oh, nah, all, all right. He's probably... He probably calls himself... He probably... Call, <laughs> <laughs> you just made a lot of psychologists very angry. I know, I know. You know, people, people who talk about stuff. A brain <laughs> naturopath. <laughs> Don't be like that. They're, they're real people who talk to people. Yeah, I just made a lot of naturopaths very angry too. <laughs> or help them. Yay, we're like psychologists. <laughs> we're just as good as psychologists. Do, do, do. Uh, no, actually, psychology does have a place, but I don't, I don't think psychology is quackery, by the way. I think there, is, there can be help talking to people about things. But yep. I think psychiatry is the med- medical-based one, yep. and psychology is the psychological-based one. Ah, right. That makes sense. It doesn't sound like you have a lot of faith in <laughs> it. Uh, the talking cure. Um, the talking cure. Some people really, really respond to it. There you go. Yeah. I think, but look, hey, at the end of the day, there is a placebo effect to everything. Can I get back to no. my thing? Yes. Okay, she was told by someone that her pyroluria count is up really high. That means she's a Jedi. No, 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 that's oh. midichlorians. Oh, sorry. This is her pyroluria. She's a dark Jedi? Now, Sith Lord? No, there's oh. no such thing as Jedis. Nor pyroluria counts. Right. Like, oh, this is a made-up thing. This is a... Like, there's no... Uh, they seem to be measuring something, but the medical community says there's no what is evidence. A pyrolu- for- what's a pyroluria? What is, what's it meant to be? 
It's like a count in your blood. A count in, counting yeah. what? Pyroluria particles. <laughs> You're kidding. There's, <laughs> and so, I mean, there's no consensus over whether this exists. So people are still measuring it and yeah. saying, well, if it's low, then get yourself some B3 and some zinc right. into your system. Hang on, this sounds like, like thetans, you know, like psychos, um, It uh, does sci- a bit, doesn't it? Scientologists and thetans. Like, there are things in you that no one else can see or detect, but we, we'll work them out. Ooh. It's a pyrolurians. Mm. So oh. she's out there, and she's having B3 and zinc, and she says she's never felt better. No, of course she, well, she wouldn't, because she thinks she should be feeling better. Yes, and she's trying to convince her psychiatrist to take her off the oh, antidepressants. Well, uh, any psychiatrist with a salt would say, stick it in your ear, stick it in yeah. your ear. But the problem is that they can't do that because then the customer goes, well, you know, I, I believe in this and you, yes. don't, you don't understand. So he, of course, has to turn around and go, well, look, maybe there is something to this. Mm. Um, I want you to stay on the antidepressants and we'll work and, you know, we'll work towards getting you off the antidepressants and onto this magical gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. And, and, and So there's the friggin' harm, yeah, is that yeah. someone out there thinks that they're going to get better mm. by taking monkey juice yeah. instead of taking the, the stuff that's actually proven to work. But at the same time, I can't sit here and go, well, maybe it's complete bunkum. I could, I could find no information about there. Pylurians. Uh, about pyluria accounts and Pylurians! stuff. Pylurians! We have Pylurians off the starboard battle, Captain! <laughs> Fire all phases. I'm not thinking seriously, uh, am I? Because I couldn't find that information, uh, I, I mentioned this, and she said, well, it's, it's very new. Uh, it's mm. not very new. It's been around for a long time, but mm. now it's starting to gain a little bit of traction. Right. So once again, where's the peer-reviewed peer reviewed stuff? stuff? Well, the, the problem is, peers. the problem is that the person who's really leading the charge on this thing mm. says that the whole concept, because... It, because vitamins are much cheaper to get than proper medication mm, mm, that is oh. being actively suppressed. Hey, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Following stop, the money. Stop, stop, stop. Big Pharma! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's being actively suppressed by a conspiracy of oh. mainstream medicine. Oh. And you're like, well, you're following the money. It, yeah. That's following the money, Greg. I see. But once again, that, that's not actually following the money because the doctors, let's face it, okay, the Big Pharma, they're talking about this, hey, it's a conglomeration. It's, they think, oh, they, they would lose money. Yes, they would lose money, but other doctors and, and other organizations could make this vitamin A and sell it and they could sell a cheaper thing, but they wouldn't sell it cheaply. They'd make it cheaply and sell it expensively. Mm. That's what you do. Like you, yeah. you, Supply and demand. And someone would make a crap load of cash out of this. So yes, they make it sound like this one big monolithic organization that could wanders around. There's this thing called capitalism, capitalism where people fight and argue with each other and make cash. You're trying to tell me that everyone in, in the pharmaceutical industry would say no, you're right. I'm not going to go make money out of that. Like, no, they would. Mm. They would go cash for me. All the alternate pharmacology departments would make money. Ah, but you want science applied to this yes. before you're convinced that it actually... There's some evidence. Evidence Some evidence? Nice. Well, there was discussion of doing some double-blind tests, because mm. a double-blind test would that, work. Yes, that'd be good. Except the guy who runs it, well, he has a problem with the double-blind test. Mm. He feels that the double-blind test itself is flawed. Right. And that, uh, and there's no point actually running it through oh, the double-blind oh, test. No, you're right. Because there are all sorts of problems with that. I see, yeah. He literally says this in the article that he publishes. Right. He doesn't understand what a double-blind <sighs> test is. And in that whole, basically everything in science that has actually worked over the years, we're tested yeah. with sort of double blind. But obviously it's not going to work for him. Because it's quackery. I'm coming out and saying it. Pyalurians, quackery. But the thing is, I, I haven't actually been able to find a lot of stuff on the web that goes definitely quackery mm. either. And it, I, I kind of always have to leave that little... I mean, I can't, I can't have faith that it's definitely wrong. 
No. I've got to be. I've got to always leave myself open to being convinced of okay. something else. Hey, you don't say I'm going to leave itself open. Therefore, it's real. You yeah. say at the moment there is no evidence. Yeah. Therefore, it is not real. Indeed. The moment you show me evidence, then I will accept it. That's science. That's just science. That's just science. Why do people get so freaked out by this? If someone came up to me and showed me the Pylurian research that was backed up, you'd no. go, yeah, cool, we were wrong. Isn't that awesome? Isn't science brilliant that we can move on? We don't dogmatically defend stupidity. <sighs> but then, on the flip side... No things, flip side! No, there is a flip side, because something like uh, homeopathy, which it doesn't work. Doesn't, like, it's been I, tested, I, yes, it yes, I see and, and it, and it yes. doesn't work. Mm. It's peer-reviewed, and people go, this is ridiculous, it mm. doesn't work. But the thing is... I mean, it's an effective placebo. It's a placebo? Yeah. You don't, have but, to, you don't have to add the word effective as if it's slightly more effective than any other placebo. Well, no, but, but some placebos are better than other placebos. They are, but that's not particularly because it's homeopathy. No, 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 but if you give someone a little tiny pill, yes, and then, that's not going to be as effective as you give them a great big, big pill. Big pill, or a liquid, or... or a- a more expensive pill. Yeah, or an injection so, or anything like that. The thing is, it, it works on the basis of how much you val- you see the value of it. Mm. Now, if you give someone water, which you've convinced them has value, then that's going to work as a really effective placebo. But you don't need to so, mess, mess around with that because you can say... So your justification for homeopathy is it's a more effective placebo. Let me give you even a better placebo. Yeah. A man in a white coat who's a doctor, an actual doctor, walks into a room and says, you're in a lot of pain and therefore... I'm going to give you this magic pill. It's called a spirin, and it's you know cross out the A. I'm, I'm actually stealing from uh, Bird ha- Birdcage, the movie Birdcage. All right. Uh, cross off the A and hand you a pirin pill, a spirin pill, and then you take it. The ma- nice doctor with the little reflector thing on his head and the stethoscope around, and in a big hospital, just gave you the magic pill that makes you feel better. That's an effective placebo. Nothing. And why do you think doctors wear white? That's the thing. But, it's, it's it's a. It's, but doesn't it cost a fair bit to get doctors to do that? Because doctors, you to get them to give you pills, like. But they charge money too. But we're talking about effective placebos. Yeah. That's an effective placebo. Why create an entire other thing where some random human being gets imbued with the power? We already have doctors and people of medical interest who are already imbued with the, the placebo magic. Now, I'm going to double flip. God. Yeah, I know. Because cause you go, well, maybe as a painkiller, like painkillers as placebos would be good mm. because they work. They Pain is created by the mind. Yes. Or, at least it's... All human experience is created by the that, mind. Yeah, okay. But that's, that's quite deep. It, but you can remove pain more effectively with a placebo that, or lessen half, pain. Half. You can lessen pain. Yeah. So Not remove it. The thing is, if you have faith and are convinced that a certain medicine works for, like homeopathy, works for pain relief, mm-hmm. which it does, then it's very it's a very easy step. No, to no, go, no, whoa, 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 whoa. no, you can't say that. Why not? No, homeopathy does not, is not pain relief. Homeopathy is a placebo. Placebo is the pain relief. Yeah. You can't say the homeopathy but is ho- the pain relief. The homeopathy is the vector through which the placebo, placebo is administered. Yeah, that's okay, that's fine. I'll go with that. We have to make sure we add in the words yeah. placebo on these things. Otherwise but people think it works. From, yes, but, okay, but from the person's point of view who mm. doesn't, doesn't realise it's a placebo mm-hmm. they hold value in this homeopathic homeopath, homeopathetic <laughs> remedy <laughs> homeopathic <laughs> that's a, oh, how witty uh, they hold value in it and that's what makes it work fine for pain but then you get homeopathy people going you got cancer exactly and that's, and the, that's the problem because if you have faith that it works for one thing then mm. you have faith that it works for another thing yes. which it doesn't, it doesn't work, work for at all like acupuncture I had a very big argument with someone recently about acupuncture and they're saying it works it works it works all the research says that it works for a certain back pain it does alleviate some back pain beyond the placebo effect that's it like chiropractic the same sort of thing it, it works for very small lower lumbar 
area pain, but doesn't mean they can cure asthma and doesn't mean they can do pretty much anything. They, they beyond maybe, maybe cure some pain in your lower back, acupuncturalist uh, and chiropractic. But the danger is they go, oh, but that's been proven to work. Therefore, every other crazy thing we claim that, you know, punk, putting needles in you can clear out your chi and make your vitalism flow, blah, de blah, chiropractical vitalism. It's not true. Same thing you just said before. That they take a very small effect and they say, if this effect is true, then all our claims are true. And that is false. Yep. Straw man argument. And that's the danger. There's the danger, kids. You know what the other danger is? I might come round to your house. Well, you came round to my place a couple of days ago. Yeah, I know. It was lovely. Uh, stop ruining... I was disappointed when you left. Oh. You bought cake. It was really nice. That's right. Yeah, so you believe in homeopathy. I might come round to your house and give you cake. Hang on, I'm going to do it more threatening. Yeah, so if you believe in homeopathy, I might come round to your house and give you cake. <laughs> I thought it was interesting also that people with a sceptical background can sometimes come from very similar spots. I mean, there are people who have very religious backgrounds and then throw off those kind of shackles or learn more about it. But a lot of people I know who are sceptics come from this soft religious background, like myself. You have people who come from a very religious background and they're not raised with any sense of questioning things Mm. from a scientific point of view. Then you have people raised in a totally atheist point of view and they've got no frame of reference for why this this is the right thing to do and this is the other thing. They haven't made their own decision. Because mm, mm. so, that's how kids are raised, is that we, we are brainwashed and, and yes. governed and taught by the, the experiences that we taught. have. Taught, the word is taught. Taught, taught. Okay, you're right. Sorry, my, my tongue went all teach and I wasn't able to properly uh, articulate what I was saying. So... Yes, if, you, if you've been brought up by atheists, you don't have a frame of reference for why you should be an atheist. Well, it's sort of knee-jerk atheism, just so much you get knee-jerk religion. Yeah. So people go, I hate God. And you go, why? why? And they go, because uh, I... Boo. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying, I love God. Mm. But it's, it's not a reasoned argument. It's not they've thought it through and gone, well, because this book says this and that doesn't make sense. And these people behave like that. But it's actually the opposite. Mm. So there's no... You're right. There's no actual skepticism. There's no questioning of, of the facts. Yeah. Or searching for... For a truth, it's just I believe it's not real, hmm. which is. Just I was quite lucky because hmm. I grew up in a moderately religious family, but with my father being a paleobotanist. So <laughs> I grew up, and when I was five, I was like dinosaurs, fossils, Earth is billions of years old. Mm. Like I, I, I was getting an appreciation for geologic time, yes, even yes. back then. And so even though I was being told to go along to Sunday school, I still had all of the tools to make my own decisions. Yes. And so by the time I was old enough to make my own decisions, I was thinking, well, I've got to make the right decision because there's all these religions out there. Mm. And no one who's brought up in a religion goes, oh, I wonder what the other religions have to offer. Mm, so yes, I sort of researched all the other religions, all the way down to Raelianism. <laughs> what uh, about Zoroastrianism? You checking being a Zoroastrian? I, I, you can't convert. No, you can't. No, you can I only know. stay a, a Zoroastrian. Though, I think that Girl Clumsy can claim Zoroastrianism because her grandfather was a Zoroastrian. Oh. And I think that's a connection that she could actually go and become a Zoroastrian. And they would say, oh, yeah, your grandfather was one. You can come and be part of it. That's pretty awesome. That's the religion I'd be part of if I could just gain a crazy religion yeah because sky burials oh my god that's where I want to go yeah sky burials is that when the birds eat you yes they take you to a high point and they cut you open and they feed your giblets to the birds awesome nice birds man he's like condors and things coming down to there's no condors in Australia there's actually high mountains but that's okay that's what makes it makes it cool I think you'd have to go up in a helicopter (laughs) 
which is not good for the birds to try and get to me because it's a big giant blade yeah, flying yeah. around now. Yeah, shape it down blast. Yeah, the, down the, that, that, that is really... Well, that's okay. You can just winch my corpse out the side and lower me down on like a hundred foot of rope and just dangle me down the bottom and the bird's like... And like taking bits off me. Oh, oh, I just uh. feel so bad for the lawyer who has to put together your will. Happy Pi Day! Pi Day? Pi Day! Oh, that's today. It's today. Well, we shouldn't, we're ruling the magic, I realise. It's the third day of the 14th month. That's it. No, wait. No, it's, it's the no, it's the American thing of yeah. the third month and the 14th day. That's, that's cast. See, it's, it's not actually a proper Pi Day for us here. Isn't it? Who do, the, do it the British way, because that's on the 22nd of July. No, that's approximate Pi Day. Yeah. That's approximate Pi Day. But they can't do it in America. So we can only celebrate approximate Pi Day, and they can only celebrate actual Pi Day. No, but no one uses 22 over 7 anymore. It's what? ridiculous. The 22nd of the 7th? No, 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 but no one uses in maths 22 over 7. No. You wouldn't bother. But, it's, it's but a, what I'm saying is we can't celebrate Pi Day because our calendar's I not back am to front. I am global thinking, global village kind of guy, and yeah. I embrace my American brethren. Oh, you know what? Both of them are stupid. Both <laughs> conventions are stupid. You should have the year first, and then the month, and then the day. Because when you write it out, mm-hmm. including the zeros, it's going to be in alphabetical order for or me, digital comes, order. For me, it comes out to... I, I always think that our way is best. <laughs> because for most of the time, what I want to know when I ask what the date is, mm-hmm. is, is the day. Yeah. That's what I'm asking for. So you put that first. Yeah. So you go, so you go it's the third. Oh, it's the 14th. And then you, the second thing you probably need to know is, oh, hang on, is that the second of, have I changed month? Oh, yeah. So, and then the year you probably remember, okay? It's only if you're thinking about, so from a general going to the post office, yeah. going to the bank, well, no, day, month, year. That, but if you're a time that, no, traveler, well, that's, year, month, or year, day, month would probably cut you. That's my point, because mm. I do a lot of travelling, time travelling. Right. Oh, uh, and I seem to spend all my time grabbing, like, vagrants on the sc- street screaming, What year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Pi Day. It's the 14th day of the third month. That's so 3.14. Quick question. Are you a cake man or a pie man? Uh, cake or pie? Cake or pie? Pie. pie. So am I. Hey! Cake's nice. Cake's nice. It's sort of sugary and and and, and has frosting and yeah. and marzipan. You could put meat in a pie though. Yeah, and that's right. Savory. But even if you even if you get rid of the savory pies, yeah. things like apricot pies and apple pies and the mm. crust. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! And you can like, cut into a pie and eat a bit of it and put it away for later. And cake, you kind of eat enough cake and start mm. going, oh god, I've eaten a lot of cake. Pies are great. Anyway, yeah. It's- no one would ever dare to leave a pie out in the rain. I'm sure there's a reference I'm not getting. Yeah, that's all right. Don't leave the pie out in the rain. Is that it? No, no. Something like that. There's a song? Yeah, there's a song. Oh. Someone left a cake out in the rain. Oh, there you go. Good. It's so, <laughs> just confusing. But that, you know why? Awkward. Because Summer Rush, I went, quickly grab the, the pie. pie. That's right. I left the little cake. The cake. <laughs> we have time? No, no. <laughs> time? What? Yeah! <laughs> So Pi Pi Day, we're getting we'll get there. Today is Pi Day, celebrating Pi. Three point one four one five nine six two, as far as I can go. And then beyond that, because of course, some people can go to an enormous amount. They're crazy, but I know. the thing is, if you had a circle mm. that was as large as the known universe, mm-hmm. and you wanted to describe that or f- figure out that that distance based on the diameter of the known universe, Mm -hmm. and you used pi to, I think it's 18 decimal places, Mm -hmm. you would be out by less than a millimetre. There you go. But, of course, it wouldn't work at all because the universe is not a perfect sphere and and it has a a, a curvature to space. No, but... uh, uh, God. (laughs) 
Anyway, Pi Day! Is this <laughs> my sixth challenge is going to be about? Oh, maybe. Mm, curvature of the universe. More friggin' maybe, messing around maybe and you trickery. Should look, maybe you should look into the curvature of the universe, Dan Beeston. Yeah. Maybe you should learn about if it's curved or saddle-shaped or negative. Anyway. Yeah, I'll do all that friggin' research. You'll ask me how an artesian well works. Oh, he's reading my mind. Get out of my mind. Pi Day! <laughs> wait, 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 this, is, this is like the longest podcast we've ever done. Pi Day! Yeah. It's today. Yes. When we're recording this. Mm. And Pi Day is celebrating Pi. Mm-hmm. So the constant Pi. The circle thing, you know. Yeah, the circle thing. Too, too, well done, Greg. Welcome <laughs> to Smart Enough No Better. <laughs> the circle thing. Uh, pi R squared is the area of a circle, and 2 Pi R is the circumference of a circle. Yep. These are these are important things. I love it when people get excited about mathematical equations. <laughs> oh, I love a good maths adventure. And then write music for it. Which is yes. kind of like Ali. Because, you know, I, lo- I know you get really excited. No, you don't. You get very angry when people write music just for anything. Ooh. Anyway. I don't know. So this no, I'm, I'm very passionate about maths. Oh. I was saying that people can't get excited about nothing. They have to get excited about something. Ah. Well, this is not excitement. There is a gentleman by the name of Michael John Blake who has taken the first 31 decimal places of pi and corresponded each number, like 3.1415, yep. to a note. And then he plays that sequence of notes. Ah, yes. He then plays underneath... Oh, look, oh, why don't we just listen to it? All right. Okay, so the song that Greg picked has been taken off YouTube because of copyright violation, because someone has already done music based on the numbers of pi. But while we were recording the podcast and he was showing it to me, we actually managed to record a kind of a dodgy mono version of it on my equipment. So I'm going to play it anyway, because you know what? Damn the man. That's right. Damn him. The only problem is that at one point during the song, Greg actually starts talking over the top of it. But uh, I'm sure you can just tune him out. I know I can. The following is a musical interpretation of Pi to 31 decimal places at a tempo of 157 beats per minute, which is incidentally 314 divided by 2. Started them just that, that dish and let people watch the first bit themselves.
music. C- cool. No, just music. Lovely. Lovely. It's not any surprise that it sounds right hmm. because it's all in the same scale. So basically the only thing you need to get it to sound right in the same scale is for it to land on the bass note. So if you start on C... So you're, so you're just, just discounting everything you just did then? Well, you're, you're taking something... You're basically calling Michael John Blake a punk. You're calling him out. Not really. Really? I thought he did something pretty impressive there. He well, did something you know, quite dry and he turned it into something quite interesting. Well, so pie's well, always interesting. But not to the standard punter. No, most people would How not... How could it not be? Pie's brilliant. It's a, yeah, but, Fascinating. But the thing is, even though I know that it was going to work... the magic! Even though I know it was going to work really no magic? matter what... You're really magic? I still feel like he's pulling some sort of parlour trick because he only did it to 32... Points, 31, yes. 31 points. Mm. So there's 32 notes played over and over again. Why didn't he just keep going? And you, like, because there's all those numbers that you could take, but because it was looping, it felt like it, there was a cheat going on. But it would have sounded right if they just kept going. It would have been more of a rhapsody then, though. I suppose so. When, when would you stop, Dan? A hundred in, you go, oh, enough. No, it's not enough for Dan. A thousand in, oh, stopping. Oh, no, it's not enough for Dan. So what we're trying to say is. 18 decimal points is enough to measure the universe. It's good enough for the universe, but 31 decimal points is not good enough for Dan Beeston. Dan Beeston thinks he's almost twice as good as the universe. Imagine if you just set it off and just it just kept running. Playing pie forever? Yeah. Okay. Now that is a beautiful concept. This was just a parlour trick. Hate has got a hate. Actually, there was cake at the end of that game. Yeah. Portal 2. Portal, there was, a, there was cake. Yeah. At the end. So it wasn't a lie at all. No, it wasn't a lie. Well, the, a, all this meme doesn't make sense. Everyone goes, who the cake is a lie? No, at the end, there is a cake and it has a candle and this robot arm comes down and snuffs out the candle. Yeah. There was cake. Yeah. Chell could have got cake if she just did what the robot told her to do, if she had survived the fire. Yeah, I don't think she's going to survive that. But, but she, there was cake. Trying to trying to stop it, and you know they they're, they're scared of losing all their money, and 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 so I, I mean, look, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to. So, but, but I'm not going to argue. But but, yeah. but if they, but if it if if it, if, if they can measure it and it's science, yeah. then they're scientists, so they'll still be getting the money. And they'll just, just be it, researching what? a new type of science. Dan, no, no, no sorry, start again. <clears throat> Off to a good start. Off to a good start. Dedication to the cause is to paint your genitals with glow-in-the-dark paint. <laughs>